Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's stand tonight. Can we praise him again? Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and praise the Lord tonight. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We give you praise and glory. We give you honor tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hammond is glad to be in youth camp tonight, camp meeting tonight. Hallelujah. Hammond is thankful for this old-fashioned apostolic message. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, this choir stirred me up tonight. Hallelujah. We're in a battle. Hallelujah. And thank God for those that are willing to fight, those that are willing to take a stand. Hallelujah. I feel like the church is in good hands. Thank the Lord for our elders. And thank the Lord for men that are coming on that believe this message, that are sold out to the truth uh, that the Lord has given us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. These young men getting up and reading the word of the Lord with such fervency and conviction. I want to tell you it does something to me. And uh, hallelujah, I thank God for that. I believe that God is raising up a great army. And uh, my greatest prayer this point in my life, I want to see men raised up in our local church. I want to see churches started and uh, the kingdom of God go forward. Hallelujah. I believe that uh, this is a great hour to be living for God and serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be a part of something worth giving my life for. Isn't it a sad thing for people to give their life for something that's trivial and something that a moment after they breathe their last breath doesn't amount to anything? I'm sure many a person dies with ashes in their mouth. Hallelujah. Thinking with regret of things that they gave themselves to, invested their life, in and uh, their units of energy in and realizing that it was nothing more than just a dead-end street. Hallelujah. That they were, had been traveling down all their life. But I'm glad for something worth dying for. And I'm glad for something worth living for. Hallelujah. How many is glad for something worth fighting for? Hallelujah. It's worth the fight. It's worth the fight. Hallelujah. Thank God for a holiness youth camp. Thank God for young men and young women that want to live right and dress right and act right and live right. Hallelujah. And uh, it is a result of good leadership and pastors uh, that are part of this camp meeting uh, that... uh, Take a stand. Hallelujah. I thank God for men that will take a stand for that that's right. This youth camp has been uh, a little different to me. Brother Morton came all lined out knowing what he was going to preach. And, and every night it just seems like I 
Hallelujah. My little boy wanted to know what I was going to preach every night. He, my youngest one, and I, I've had to tell him, I don't know what I'm going to preach tonight. It's kind of giving him a nervous breakdown. Hallelujah. But I told him, I said, you know, the Lord, I, we just got to believe God's in this, and God will help us if it's at the right, the last moment, he'll help us. Hallelujah. And I'm trusting he's helped us tonight. Hallelujah. I had to help somebody find my text tonight. Hallelujah. Joshua chapter 3 and verse 17. Joshua chapter 3 and verse 17. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm. Everybody say firm. On dry ground in the midst of Jordan and all the Israelites. Everybody say all. All the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people had passed clean. Everybody say clean. Clean over Jordan. Chapter 4 verse 1. And it came to pass when all the people were clean, passed over Jordan. That the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men, everybody say men, Amen. out of the people, out of every tribe of man, and command ye them, saying, Take you hence, out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in a lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Hallelujah. I, I, I love the reading of this portion of Scripture. And I love the sound of what's being said and the words that are used. I want to tell you the Word of the Lord is a tremendous, powerful book. Hallelujah. The priest that bare the ark of the covenant of the Lord was commanded to stand firm. How many is thankful for a pastor that's not a wishy-washy, charismatic politician that's afraid to take a stand? Hallelujah. Oh, you need to thank God that you got a hard-headed preacher. You, think, you need to thank God that you've got a preacher that's got convictions, that knows where he's headed, because he knows where he came from and he knows where he's at. Hallelujah. We're not, we're not chasing some, some fantasy. Hallelujah. We're not running down a dead-end street, but we're headed toward a glorious catching away of the bride of Christ. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to going to heaven. I don't believe we're running this race in vain. Hallelujah. But I believe we're running it with purpose, with desire, with passion, with conviction. Hallelujah. With direction. Hallelujah. And I don't, I don't feel like we're going to be dying with regret in our life. I'm going to tell you, there's some preachers that are going to be dying with a lot of regret in their life in this day and hour. 
Hallelujah. But thank God for something worth standing for. The priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan. Hallelujah. It, there was a command for the ministry to take a firm stand. After they had taken a firm stand, then God demanded something of the people. He wanted them to respond to the direction and the stand that these men had taken. As the water began to roll back, he said, I want you to pass over Jordan. I want all of you. Everybody say all. Hallelujah. The push has been for everybody to pray through in this youth camp. Hallelujah. There's just an ingredient that is missing when everybody don't get on board. But oh, when everybody gets on board, like it was on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's when the Russian mighty wind comes and the fire falls and Jerusalem is shaken. Passover Jordan. I want you to clean Passover Jordan. Hallelujah. How many just going halfway? Or are you following the man of God in your life? Hallelujah. And when you get on the other side, I want you to dig 12 rocks out of the bottom of the river and set them up as a memorial of what the Lord hath done. Thank you, Lord, for your word anointed. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Thank God for preachers that will take a firm stand. I want to talk to you about your response to the preacher's firm stand. Hallelujah. In this passage of scripture, God commanded the priests to step out in the swirling rivers of Jordan and take a firm stand. The river was out of bank. It was flood stage. They stepped out in the swirling waters and all of a sudden, there was a miracle that took place. The waters rolled back. All of a sudden, there was a dry river bank. And then God commanded there be a response of the people. God cannot get done in this end time what he wants to get done by just anointing the pastor to preach. And to take a stand and to say, this is the way, walk ye therein. But there has got to be people that respond to the stand of the preacher. Hallelujah. First of all, there's got to be mamas and daddies. Hallelujah. That will stand in their home for what the man of God stands for in the pulpit. Hallelujah. How many is thankful for moms and dads? Hallelujah. That have are behind the leadership of the church. and. And behind the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Not only moms and dads, but if there's going to be a future for the church, this has got to be transferred and handed down to the younger generation. Hallelujah. There's just something that swells up in my heart when I see young men and young women that become valiant for the truth. And they have a fervency for the truth and the gospel and convictions, and living right, and dressing right, and holiness, and separation. Hallelujah. Thank God for people that will respond to the firm stand of the preacher. The Bible says that we are joint heirs. We are working together. We are a team. 
Hallelujah. There has got to be a response and there's got to be an ebb and flow between the pulpit and the pew. Hallelujah. There has got to be a response, especially, hallelujah, when a man of God has to take a firm stand. And one day he is directed by God to stand against maybe a spirit that is trying to work into the church or or something new that has come on the horizon. I want to tell you, we're living a day that there's a thousand doors that you have to try to watch. And and there's always something new coming. And there's always something uh, a little different. It's the same old woman with a different dress on. But uh, hallelujah, men of God have got to stay on their toes. And they've got to stay at the altar. And we've got to keep the, the fire of God in our heart. But I want to tell you what makes the difference is when there is a response of the congregation. Hallelujah. You don't allow the man of God to take a stand by himself. And so God demanded that there be a response of the people. Hallelujah. Now there is something about the way that God has created us and made us. that uh, Hallelujah. We, we respond to uh, champions. We respond to... To, to people that are willing to fight and, and people that want to win in life. Uh, it's something about human nature. We don't like to identify with a quitter. We don't like to identify with people that are, are passionate for nothing and, and will not give their best. There's something about a half-hearted effort to, that uh, does not to bring admiration from the hearts of ordinary people. But God has created us in a way that, uh, hallelujah, when we see someone stand up to life and stand up to circumstances and, and instead of just giving in and sitting under an apple tree and sucking the thumb and saying, poor little pitiful me, and hallelujah, they, they fight until victory comes. They fight until they become a champion. Of, hallelujah, in the grandstands of the world, people want to applaud somebody that will fight until they come out on top. We like to identify with the champion. We like to identify with the winner. I have read stories of people that were born with handicaps in their life. And yet they had such a determination to be a winner and to overcome these handicaps that uh, they have become great champions. I read a story one time of a man that uh, when he was born, his, the doctor said, this child will never walk. Hallelujah. He decided early in life that he was going to walk and not only walk, but he was going to run. And run he did. And he became an Olympic champion. Hallelujah. We applaud an action. When we find it in people's lives where they, they want to stand up against opposition and they want to stand up for conviction and they want to stand up for that that is right in their life. I'm glad that when I take this Bible and I preach out of it or I read it, hallelujah, I read of men that were champions in the word of God. They were not sissies. They were not pushovers. They were not quitters. Hallelujah. The prize that this Bible speaks about is not given to people that just sit hallelujah around and give a half-hearted effort toward the commandments of the word of the Lord. But champions in the word of God are men that 
that went against the poles and odds hallelujah bad situations and circumstances and made up in their mind I'm not going to be a victim of circumstances in my life I'm not going to just lay just just roll over and let the devil have his way in my life but I'm going to resist the devil I'm going to resist the enemy I'm going to resist that that is wrong and I'm going to take a stand in my life when I read of champions in the word of the Lord I read of men that was always uh, in the minority and they went against uh, overwhelming odds when you read of David and David's mighty men you find out that these men that became mighty men in the army of David were men that went against opposing odds. They were singled out and separated by King David, not because of their pedigree, not because of their bloodline, not because of who their mother or their daddy was. It wasn't because of education or wealth or position. But they were singled out by the Bible and by King David because they were men that overcame against overwhelming odds. Men like Eliezer that uh, faced uh, an army that, that came against him and they surrounded him. And when a lot of people would have quit and would have thrown through the, the red flag up or the white flag up of surrender. And hallelujah, this man uh, held on to the sword and he swung the sword and, and the blood ran and the heads rolled until in the evening time it left him with a valley full of, of corpses. And, Hallelujah. When he tried to let the sword go after the battle was over, he had held it so firm and for so long that they had to pry his fingers loose from the handle of that sword. When David heard about the exploits of this man, hallelujah, it was something that excited the king's heart. And he separated him from rank and file in his army. And he said, Eliezer, you're going to be one of my captains. You're going to be one of the mighty men. Another one of the mighty men of David's was a man by the name of Jehoshaphat. And the Bible says Jehoshaphat went against a whole army. Hallelujah. I think it was 300 men. If you would have been sitting in the grandstands that day and saw that battle as it began to take away, you would have probably said this is the last we'll see of Jehoshaphat. But the Bible says with nothing more than a spear in his hand, he took the fight to the enemy. Hallelujah. It wasn't that he was pinned up or pinned down, but he took it to them. With a sword or with a spear in his hand, he parred and thrust and fought until when it was all over with, God gave him a victory over 300 men. Another man by the name of Benoni, the Bible says that he slew two lying like men of Moab. I don't know what a lion like man looks like, but uh, hallelujah, he took two of these men and he slew them. And then on a snowy day, he was walking by a pit and there was a lion in the bottom of the pit that roared no doubt out against him. And all of a sudden this fighter, his blood boiled. I'm glad we got some young men in this youth camp. It don't take very much to get their motor going. Hallelujah. They're ready to take a stand. They're ready to fight. They're ready to stand behind the man of God in their life. Hallelujah. They've got value.
matter about them. They've got passion about them. Hallelujah. And on a snowy day with a lion in a pit, he jumps down in the bottom of that pit and he starts fighting that lion with maybe nothing more than a dagger on his thigh. The fur begins to fly. You can hear the squall of that big cat. Maybe somebody said, hallelujah, oh, this is the last we're going to see of this fellow. But when the smoke cleared and it was all quiet, it was Ben and I that came climbing out of the bottom of that pit. Now let me just give you a little insight on all of this. When we read stories like that in the Bible, they are types and shadows for us. Hallelujah. There are examples for young men and young ladies that it doesn't matter when you're facing situations and circumstances. Maybe in your own home where mom and dad is not living right and brothers and sisters are not living right and the devil wants to roar like a lion and he wants to intimidate you and there's no way you can figure out how in the world am I going to overcome this. I want to tell you what God wants you to do. He doesn't want you to just sit back and just surrender and say there's no use in poor pitiful me. Hallelujah. But God's looking for young people that will take a stand. Young people that will resist the enemy. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so God, David separated these men and made them great captains over his army. Hallelujah. We are living in an hour where there's very few examples of real character and strength and valor in our generation. In fact, it seems to be a day of of disappointment when people try to hook themselves to some rising star as far as this world is concerned. When it comes to politicians, when it comes to school teachers, when it comes to so many people in authority, hallelujah, we're living in a world that is disintegrating upon itself. Hallelujah, because people have given themselves the sin and Satan and, and, and standing for nothing and falling for anything. But oh, I'm glad that there is an exception to the rule in the midst of compromise, even in church entity, where preachers, uh, hallelujah, are dumb dogs that don't know how to bark, uh, and they will not take a stand against anything in so many different denominations, and even uh, among some circles of oneness, Pentecost, uh, hallelujah, preachers stand in pulpits and apologize and, uh, and, and make excuses, and I want to tell you, a mist in the pulpit will produce a fog in the pew. Hallelujah. God's men have always been valiant men. God's preachers have always been preachers of conviction and preachers of passion. Preachers that were not afraid to preach against the king or against the country or against anybody. Thank God for prophets in the word of the Lord that stood against the crowds and stood against Israel when she was wronged. Hallelujah, you ought to thank God for your pastor every time he gets up and he takes a stand. Hallelujah, but in a world where there's very little example of of valor and conviction and, and, and somebody with a backbone. Hallelujah, I'm glad that there are men of God that'll take a firm stand. 
And if there's anything that ought to excite us as human beings, it should not be the latest basketball player or the football player or the movie star. I want to tell you they're going to fade and they're going to be gone and they're not going to last. Hallelujah. But oh, I'm glad tonight that there are men that still, hallelujah, will stand in the pulpit and bear their heart of the message of God, even against opposition, sometimes even against the whole crowd hallelujah thank God for men that's got a hard head and a hot heart and if there's anything the Lord excite us and enthuse and enthuse us it's not just the music and it's not just the choir and that's something to get excited about but I'll tell you what ought to excite us more than anything else it's when the man of God in our life begins to bear his heart of the message of God and begins to preach thus saith the God of Israel there ought to be something that rises up on the inside of us that we want to stand in his defense we want to stand at his side we want to lift his hands up hallelujah let's praise the Lord tonight I look in the word of the Lord and I find out, hallelujah, men of God, hallelujah, exhibited great valor in preaching. I think of Moses that God told him to go to Pharaoh's palace and tell him, thus saith the God of Israel, let my people go that they may serve me. Hallelujah. We like to sit in our lazy boy chair and read that story and think, boy, I'd love to have been Moses. Well, we'd love to be Moses because we know the end of the story. There was a time when there wasn't an end of the story yet. He didn't know what was going to happen. All he knows is that God told him to stand in the face of a man that commanded armies, a man that was the most powerful monarch in that day and time that ruled the known world around there. He hadn't bodyguards at his side that at a moment's time could cut the heads of, of somebody off that would oppose the king. And yet here Moses is commanded to go and tell Pharaoh, thus saith the God of Israel, let my people go. I do not believe that Moses mixed words or stammered or apologized when he looked in the face of this king. The great Pharaoh that thought himself to be God himself. I want to tell you he did not apologize. But he told him, thus saith the God of Israel, let my people go that they may serve me. Hallelujah. He he didn't have anybody backing him up that day. He could not listen and hear the door roar of chariot wheels in the distance of an army that was going to come and back him up when he tried to give the all to call he was laying his life and his future on the line but he was a preacher that had so much conviction inside of him his conviction was greater than his desire to live he was willing to jeopardize everything for the message that God had gave him I'm glad tonight we don't have some kind of flimsy watered down uh, gospel uh, that can't save and deliver and set free uh, but we have been commissioned uh, to preach the greatest message uh, that mankind has ever heard in all of their history thank God for that 
Acts 2.38. Thank God for John 3.5. Thank God for holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I feel honored to be able to run with men of conviction that cannot be ruled by a system. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I want to tell this group of young people, there's giants in this building tonight. Thank God for pastors, preachers that will take a stand. Hallelujah. That's what Moses did. Jeremiah took a stand against a generation that would not hear what he had to say. Hallelujah. God told him, I've ordained you. Hallelujah. Before you was even in the mother's womb, I saw you and I ordained you to be a prophet. Hallelujah. I don't know the exact words, but he said, I want you to tear down. I want you to pull down. I want you to destroy. I I want you to pull up. Hallelujah. I do know there was four things that were mentioned that were just tearing up Jack. Tear down, destroy, root up. And then he said, build and plant. Hallelujah. Oh, there's a lot of people, they want to build and plant, but they don't want to tear anything up and root anything out. And, and you know what they produce? They produce a crowd that's, that's, that, that's headed somewhere, but it's not headed in the right direction. There is a difference between a crowd and a church. Hallelujah. People that don't have leadership that draws lines of demarcation, that preaches the, the truth, that preaches the commandments of the Lord. Hallelujah. They can amass a crowd, but that's what it is. It's a crowd. It's not a church, but Thank God for a strong ministry that will produce a church. God told Jeremiah, I want you to go root out. I want you to tear down. I want you to destroy. I want you to pluck up. I want you to build. I want you to plant. Thank God for the building and the planting. Also thank God for a ministry that's got a little positive side to them. This is a positive message. Hallelujah. God has put the church in the world to shake the world. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. We're a city that is set up on a hill which cannot be hit. We're not supposed to be some kind of anemic walked, watered down, apologetic group of people that thinks nobody wants the Holy Ghost. Nobody wants to have revival. Nobody wants to to find God I want to tell you there's a world that's looking for somebody with conviction somebody with direction somebody that'll stand for something hallelujah 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 thank you Jesus thank you Jesus I saw you before you ever got here And I've ordained you. And I don't want you to be afraid of their faces, Jeremiah. Hallelujah. Many years ago when I started preaching, a pastor told me, this pastor told me, said, let me just give you a little hint, said, when you're preaching to people, don't look at their faces. Just look above their faces. Just kind of look above the crowd. They won't really, they can't really tell whether you're really looking at them or not. Hallelujah. I know one preacher, he spends his time preaching like this. Hallelujah. I'm wondering what's in, what's in the ceiling. Hallelujah. We, we need somebody to look at us. We need somebody to connect with us. Hallelujah. We need to, we need to feel like we've been preached to and talked to when church is over with. 
Hallelujah. We're not playing religious games for our own spiritual amusement. We're trying to get out of here when the world's on fire. And we're trying to help somebody else go with us. Don't be afraid of their faces. Jeremiah preached the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Nobody knelt in his altars that we know of. Not one convert. He ends up being thrown into prison. They feed him bread and water. They throw him in a pit and the muck and the mire's up to his waist. Some people think if they're in the will of God, everything's going to go fine. First little bit of opposition, they change their message. Hallelujah. We need to be men of conviction strong enough. It doesn't matter. Hallelujah. What we're preaching takes that doesn't take. The messes don't change. If we have five or 5,000 in our church, the message doesn't change. It just stays the same. The message is the message, and that's just what it is. And it's not going to change according to public opinion. Hallelujah. We've got preachers in this auditorium that's just exactly like that. Hallelujah. Does that stir anything up on the inside of you, young man? Uh, Hallelujah, you got, a, you got a pastor that he, he'd be willing to do without to preach this message. Not going to compromise to be able to keep living in the house I'm living in. Or be able to drive a better car. I'm not going to look at people's billfold before I look at their soul. Hallelujah, that ought to stir us in. Hallelujah. But I wonder how it had been in the life of Jeremiah. In that sea of sneering faces, if he could have just preached in a youth camp like this tonight. Hallelujah. My God, you talk about giving him a recharge. Hallelujah. I've been in some places once in a while that I felt like Jeremiah and every one of these preachers has been there before. Hallelujah. I mean, it's just like you. Hallelujah. You just couldn't get anything going. Hallelujah, you're just preaching to a, to, a, to a solid brick wall. But I wonder in that sea of sneering faces, there's just been some old sister in Israel that had just reached in her purse and pulled out her old lacy handkerchief and just started waving a little bit in that crowd. Hallelujah. That'd been like a bull after a, a red flag. Hallelujah. If there'd been a couple of young men on the front row that had just jumped up and said, Jeremiah, I'm behind you. Mama may not be behind you and daddy may not be behind you. And, uh, hallelujah. The church board, if there's a church board, uh, may not be behind you. But uh, I want to let you know, man of God, I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to die in the trenches if we have to die in the trenches. Uh, hallelujah. Oh, that's what God's looking for. And, and that's what builds an apostolic church. Uh, hallelujah. When you find young ladies uh, that's going to hold on to the message uh, that God has given them. Uh, I'm going to be virtuous and I'm going to be clean and I'm going to do right and uh, I'm going to be a Holy Ghost lady and uh, I'm going to raise my children uh, in the admonition of the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It was flood stage when the priests were commanded to step in the swirling rivers of Jordan and take a firm stand. God seems to sometime wait to the most impossible time, hallelujah, to ask his men 
to take a firm stand. But I want to tell you that's, that's when God has set the stage to do something by himself. Hallelujah. To where we realize that, hey, God's in this and God did it. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad this is God's church? This is God's church. Hallelujah. God's in the middle of what's going on around here. Hallelujah. 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 Thank God for men that will take a firm stand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I want to show you where God, how God expects people to respond to the stand of the preacher. Deuteronomy chapter 27. Uh, and verse 14 uh, says this. And the Levite shall speak and say unto all the men of Israel with a loud voice. I'm about to say loud voice. You know, sometimes it, you just get cranked up. Hallelujah. You just, you just got to have to raise your voice. We're not at Walmart. We're not selling Amway tonight. We're, we're dealing with souls that are going to live forever and ever and ever somewhere. Sometimes you've got to get people's attention. Hallelujah. I know our, our, our kids, I've heard these stories of, of, of men saying, you know, you know, my daddy never raised his voice in, in, in the house. Hallelujah. Well, I, I have failed at that. Now, I don't believe in going around screaming and hollering all the time, but there has been times that I've had to raise my voice. One reason I had to raise my voice because I had to get over what was going on. Over the volume of what was happening. Hallelujah. Sometimes you've just got to, you know, you, you got a kid on his tricycle. Hallelujah. Heading out to, to Interstate 85, just, uh, just about a mile from our house and he's fixing to get on the, uh, interstate. And he says, Daddy, I'll see you. I'm headed to Atlanta. It, it's time to get the kid's attention. It's not time to say, now, son, I, let me just make a recommendation to you. I don't think you ought to do that. And then just, you know, just sound like you're gargling with peanut butter and stammering and stuttering around. And I'm, I'm afraid to, to hurt my son's feelings. You know, he, he, he might get his feelings hurt if I, if I raise his voice. Well, I tell you what, he might get hurt if he gets out there in front of that 18 wheeler headed down the interstate. Something more than his feelings is going to be hurt. And I want to tell you when a man in, in the church all of a sudden take, brings the television home, uh, hallelujah, to his wife and his kids. And uh, he's been an apostolic and he's been in the church and his backslid. Yeah, that, that's no, you know, this is not a time for just suggestions. Sometimes you look out and you recognize that hell is fixing to destroy a family or a marriage or a home. Hallelujah. There's a fervency and there's an urgency. And hallelujah. Thank God for a man that will lift his voice like a trumpet. Hallelujah. The Bible speaks of lifting our voice like a trumpet and not sparing. Hallelujah. But here's a sermon in the Old Testament, and this is, this is how that they responded or was expected to respond to the firm stand of the ministry. The Levites, they were the ministry. The Levites shall speak and say unto all of the men of Israel with a loud voice, Hallelujah. Cursed be the man that maketh any graven or molden image an abomination unto the Lord. Uh, thy works of his, the hands of the craftsman and put it in a secret place. And all, everybody say all. First of all, the, the message was to everybody. Hallelujah. All the, the men of Israel heard it. And then all the men of Israel 
shall answer and say, Amen. Everybody say, Amen. Amen. Say it a little louder. Say it like you believe it. Cursed be he that setteth light by his father or his mother, and all the people shall say, Cursed be he that removeth his neighbor's landmark, and all the people shall say, Cursed be he that maketh the blind to wander out of the way, and all the people shall say, Cursed be he that perverteth the judgment of the fatherless, the stranger, and the widow, and all the people shall say, Cursed be he that lieth with his father's wife, because he uncovereth his father's skirt. And all the people shall say, And if you'll read the rest of that chapter, you'll find out he cursed everything that it said like came to his mind. But he didn't preach the whole message and get to the end of it and say, Do you believe this or do you not believe this? He was looking for a crowd to ride the river with him. He was looking for somebody to respond as each point was made. He was wanting people to identify themselves whether they was with the man of God or not. God help you if you're such a wimp and such a hypocrite that when the man of God is preaching something that's hitting your friend or or your family or, or somebody close to you, you sit there and keep your mouth shut and you won't say amen. Oh, I want to tell you when it comes to preaching time, a preacher has no friends and we shouldn't have no friends. Hallelujah. We're here to hear the word of God. The Bible is the final court of appeal in our life. It doesn't matter our opinion, somebody's philosophy, somebody else's view about the matter. You need to sit up and hear your pastor preach when he preaches the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. He's the man of God on the wall. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what's killed churches in the past. I'll tell you what's caused churches to split in the past. It's a bunch of good people that's remained silent because they didn't have enough fire on their altar. They didn't have enough passion for the truth. And when the man of God took a firm stand and the water started rolling back, and the commandment was pass over Jordan. Everybody pass over Jordan. Get clear over Jordan. There's been people in the congregation that set back sympathizers. I'm going to tell you, there comes a time in life you've just got to, you either got to, you got to make up in your mind. You're either going to cut bait or you're going to fish. Hallelujah. Sometimes that's among preachers. Hallelujah. But you know a congregation like this and a crowd like this has a way of separating the men from the boys. Hallelujah. And these weather vane preachers, hallelujah, that stand for nothing and fall for anything, they have a way of just melting out away from the premises. They say you're bad-spirited and you you got a bad attitude. Hallelujah. Not when I'm just standing for what God stands for. 
Hallelujah. And I'm not talking about slapping people in the face. I'm not talking about, you know, a steak can be good, but you don't want to throw it in a dog pan and give it to somebody. Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you, there's something wrong when there's no fervency at all. There ought to be a fire in the oven. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Sin needs to be preached against. It needs to be named and defined. Hallelujah. People need to understand they're being preached to. They don't need to go home with a question mark. Was the preacher dealing with me or not? There comes a time that all of us need to be dealing with. There comes a time from the front to the back. We got to get our lawn mowed. Somebody's got to come cut the limb out from under us. Somebody's got to put their finger in the sore spot in our life. All of us need it. I need it as a preacher. I've got to have somebody preach to me if I'm going to be saved. It pleased God through the foolishness of preaching to say them that believe but I want to tell you it's going to be it's going to be important how I respond to the man of God hallelujah hallelujah we are not set like a bunch of church mice and be quiet when a preacher is preaching and especially when the plow is deep and there's a spirit that's trying to bind the ministry and, and there's people sitting out of the congregation that's half backslid that wants to shut the mouth of the man of God there's got to be somebody in the congregation that will arise and say amen Amen. I'm behind you, Pastor. Hallelujah. I want to tell you why I say amen when a preacher's preaching. Because I want, first of all, the preacher to understand. I'm with you. I believe what you're preaching. You don't have the ball by yourself. I'm going to help you get over, hallelujah, the goal line. We're going to have a touchdown tonight. I say amen because I want the minister to know that I believe what the pastor said. I say amen because I want the saints to know it. I want my church fellow men and women to know that I'm with the pastor. I'm in the pastor's corner. I say amen because I want the backsider to know the church still believes what it's always believed. We're still preaching the same message. You may have been out there in the world for years and you're coming back home. Well, home has not changed. I'm still standing with a man of God in my life. Hallelujah. I say amen for the hypocrite. I want the hypocrite that's sitting in the congregation to realize not everybody's a hypocrite. There's some people that believe this. I say amen because I want the world to know this is what we believe. We believe he got to be born again. We believe in a red hot hell. We believe in a glittering heaven. We believe in holiness. We believe in separation. We believe in a Holy Ghost tongue talking experience. I say amen because I want the devil. I want amen. the devil. Amen. I want the devil to know. Amen. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something. When the devil's wondering about you, you're in trouble. You need to serve notice on the devil. I'm not a compromiser. I'm not going to back up. Hallelujah. I don't want the world. 
something? Modern Pentecost today is trying to make us believe that people don't want this anymore. They don't want to be told the truth anymore. They want the preacher to give in to them. Oh, but God still got a church. God still has a church. God still has people that love the truth. That's not afraid to say
camp, we're not going to forget. Hallelujah, this is a youth camp that's going to make a lasting difference in our life. Hallelujah, it's time. This is the moment in destiny for us to obey God. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. I want you to listen to me for just a moment. Hallelujah. I want to tell you when nations go to war, when nations go to war, hallelujah, and, and they begin to try to find the strategy of what needs to be done, hallelujah, they find men that have got a history behind them that knows about tactics, that knows about war. Hallelujah, it's the gray-headed men, it's the generals, it's men that, that know about the laws of war. But I want to tell you, when it gets right down to the fighting of that war, hallelujah, nations do not draft, hallelujah, people that are older. It's not those in their 30s and those in their 40s, hallelujah, even some that are in their late 20s, but it's, 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 it's young men and young ladies, 
hallelujah, 18 years old, 19 years old, 20 years old, 21 years old. We read stories of great war heroes. They, they were not seasoned men of, 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 of many wars, but they were, they were young men. Hallelujah. And young ladies. I want to tell you, there's something about a young person. Their vitality, their energy, their enthusiasm. Hallelujah. Their passion. Hallelujah. They can go from zero to a hundred in a moment's time because they're ready. They've got all of these units of life that, that are in reserve that, that needs to be spent towards something. And I want to tell you, that's the reason so many young people are wasting their units of life on trivial things. They, they're going to use it on something. They're going to they're be up late at night. They're, they're going to be up in the early in the morning. They're going to be doing this and doing that and going here and going there. But my God, if you can harness that, hallelujah, toward the work of God, toward revival. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I know there's some differences in generations. and Hallelujah. But I want to tell you, we don't want to spend our whole lifetime text messaging. And, hallelujah. And just wrapped up in the internet. And uh, wrapped up into communicating with each other. Hallelujah. Oh, this is an hour of great uh, war. This is an hour to step out from rank and file and say, hey, I'm going to pour my energies into revival. I'm going to get that Bible. I'm going to get it inside here. I'm going to spend hours in the prayer room communicating with God. I'm going to knock doors. I'm going to get out into the fields and work. I'm not going to underestimate the value of a young person to God's economy. I want to tell you, friend, right here standing before me. Hallelujah is what the church needs to produce great revival to turn the world upside down. It's the energies, it's the dreams, it's the enthusiasm of young people. I want to tell you, I I know some of your pastors are not here, but, but if your pastor is here tonight... You ought to try to get by him or, or just get a message to him or something tonight and let him realize, I'm going to tell you, I'm going home to get as close to you as I can. I'm going to be standing by you. Hallelujah. I'm going to use the strength that I have as a young man to, to help lighten your load. And uh, Hallelujah. I'll be a gopher. I'll, I'll hold your hands up. I'll carry whatever needs to be carried. Uh, hallelujah. I'll linger in the prayer rooms when you get weary. And uh, you got to go home. Uh, uh, Pastor, we're going to keep the fires burning in our church. Uh, we're going to have a revival. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Let's give God praise for revival. Oh, yes, this is beautiful. Pastor, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to stand by you. We're going to have the greatest revival we've ever had. Hallelujah, young ladies, if your pastor's wife's around here, why don't you try to find her? We're going to stand with you. We're going to be by you. We're going to listen to your counsel.